Cloisters sounds like an affliction that causes diarrhea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sounds like a version of diarrhea. Yeah. yeah. I got, oh, a, I got, a, I got cloisters. I got the cloisters today. Oh, Ugh. God. Got a bad case of the old cloisters. <laughs> <laughs> By eating those cloisters, it gave me the cloisters. Welcome to another episode of Duty Calls with Doug Man. I'm your host, Doug Man. With me, as always, is Jack Dolgen. Hello, Jack. Hello. Duty Calls is unofficially sponsored by Charmin Toilet Paper. Charmin Toilet Paper. When you sharded something, you can't finish. Charmin toilet paper. What? When you've sharded something, you can't finish. (laughs) It's great. It's great. That's not from me. That's from Andrew uh, Ricky. I think that's how you pronounce it. It was right there for us, but Andrew got it. I want more Charmin slogans, so tweet at me at the Doug Mand. Tweet at Jack Dolgen. Email me at dutycallswithdougman at gmail. I'm getting stories. They're amazing. And keep calling me on the shit hotline, 786 Hold it in. That's the letter N. Uh, and I want to talk about one in particular uh, from a guy named Jeremiah in Champaign, Illinois. Right. Jeremiah works for a church, and the church doesn't have uh, a physical space, I guess. Is that what it is? Yeah, the church has an office space. They share an office space with a welding company. And the there's one bathroom that both companies, that the church and the welding company share. Right, and they, they share a break room. They, they share like yeah, a hangout room yeah. that has a bathroom attached to it. Exactly. So, and the, the bathroom opens right up into the break room. So, Jeremiah goes to take a dump, not an emergency, just a regular dump, and, uh, you know, goes to pull his pants down and notices right by his feet is what he calls the perfect dollop of shit, right in between his two feet, as if, and he said as if, it's as if like a cartoon drawing of a piece of shit, like a soft serve machine just like plopped out <laughs> a little perfect shit, which I love that. <laughs> the curly Q on top. The curly Q on top. <laughs> and he has this moment where he doesn't know what to do. Should he pick up the shit or take his crap and then leave? Now, if he didn't work with a welding company, he, he would have said, <laughs> he said he would have just came out outside and been like, hey, who took a duty on the floor? But he doesn't know these other guys. So, and I picture them as, like, the most grizzled, badass... They wellness. probably are also holding the torches, right? They're, oh, they always have that torch <laughs> and those B.A. Barakas from 18 glasses that you, <laughs> that you put on when you wear the torch. These are badass guys. I'm going to play a little part of his call. I think you'll really enjoy it. If I leave and somebody is waiting to come into the bathroom after me, then they instantly, obviously, think it's me, which it wasn't. And... Um, I also, you know, I, I want to represent our church well and what our church stands for, um, if you know what I mean. So it's kind of like, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do with this pile of poop on the floor? Would Jesus just leave it? Would Jesus go and confront, try and find the man and rebuke him? Or would Jesus uh, clean it up himself? Um, so that was kind of what was going on in, in my mind. And would love to know what you guys think, what you would do in that situation. This is, this is a whole nother level of this because there is this spiritual uh, level to it. What would Jesus do if he took a shit and there was shit next to his feet? <laughs> Jesus, I think, would probably pick it up, right? I mean, Jesus I think Jesus, Jesus died for our sins. Yeah, Jesus died for, cleaned, for our poops. Jesus 
Jesus cleaned poop for our sins. Yeah, I mean, didn't isn't essentially what Jesus did anyway was clean everyone else's shit anyway. That's the, 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 the core of what the core yeah. of what he did was he just cleaned everyone's shit so we could all shit keep shitting keep shitting. Is that what that what it is? I don't know. I think that is what it is. Really? I think if you ask any religious scholar <laughs> that they would tell you exactly that. <laughs> he, just, he wanted people to keep shitting? <laughs> no, he wanted, he wanted everyone to shit in the toilet, but the people that didn't, you know, he forgave. Right. And he cleaned and up I, their shit. And he wouldn't be the type of guy who felt it important to hold others accountable <laughs> for, their, for their mistakes and infractions. Exactly. You know? Jeremiah asked... What would we have done in this situation? Right. I thought about this, and I've become sort of a, a shit liberty in some ways. People now it's know. Really gotten to your ass. Yeah, it's really gotten to my ass. <laughs> I'm, I'm very, I'm very uh, cocky right now, and people know that I'm a shitter. There's an extra, you know, stink on me. I don't so think if, you're cocky so much as you're not tushy. yet. I'm tushy. Good. <laughs> if I walk out of a bathroom. Yeah. And the next person that walks in and sees shit, they're going to think it's me right away. You know, it's like the person that, like, maybe goes to jail for murder and gets out or whatever. If if they if they come out of a room and there's a dead body, everyone's just going to be like, well, obviously it was yeah. it was uh, Jim. Jim is a murderer. If I walk out of a bathroom and there's <laughs> shit on the ground, they're going to be like, well, uh, I wonder who it is. Was it Betty, the nice uh, receptionist, or was it the kid that has a shit podcast? <laughs> So I'm not the best person to ask about this. I would clean it. That's what I'm saying. Because I would clean it because I would be because I know everyone would just assume it was me. I think you're totally right. I think I could see myself going one of a couple ways. Sure. You know, either cleaning it up and just being like, I'm taking this one for the team of poopers. That's poop it forward. <laughs> yeah. What I think was interesting also about this is the the uh, the postscript to this is that Jeremiah ended up cleaning it up, but. I think he makes a really great distinction when he says it. He's like, I ended up cleaning it up because I didn't want people to think it was me. It wasn't about Jesus that did it. Oh, well. It was really the shame. <laughs> he sounds like a great. He sounds like a great guy. Ultimately, he went because he didn't want to be have the stigma that he might have sh- shit on the floor. <laughs> uh, so I don't know if Jesus would have done that. I don't think Jesus cares about what other people thought about him. I think Jeremiah is a human being, and he did. But that's a fair distinction. Uh, but great question. You know, what would you guys do out there? Let me know. Also want to give a quick shout out to Rose who called us from New York City. She uh, was getting on the subway she, uh, after a morning of taking a huge dump. I think she described it as she gave birth to a ship baby. She gave birth to a ship baby and an unexpected twin after <laughs> uh, and was scared to get on the subway. But listened to, but got on anyway, called us right before she got on. Listened to an episode of Duty Calls. Listened to the Ben Rogers episode of Duty Calls. It got her through the subway ride. Gave us a call. She didn't shit her pants. Good for you, Rose. Congrats. You held it in. You made it. It's great. Um, so thanks for all the calls and stuff, guys. We got a great show for you today. Uh, we got Brad Copeland, amazing writer, has worked on so many things. Uh, Arrested Development for a couple of years. Worked. Uh, he's the showrunner, executive producer of The Inbetweeners on MTV. He's written a bunch of movies. Amazing guy, super funny. He tells an incredible story. Here's Brad Copeland. Enjoy. <laughs> Sitting here with Brad Copeland. Brad, uh, welcome, welcome to Duty Calls. Thanks so much for coming. Thank you. We have a mutual friend, Barbie Adler. Yep. Very funny writer, and she was like, you know, I think I know someone who might have a shit story. <laughs> I've always had a a very weak stomach, mm-hmm. and uh, and it happens fast and it's sudden, and I just have to go very quickly. 
And it's been <laughs> like that since I was a kid. And it's completely random. So you don't know what, I don't know what causes it or whatever it is. And, uh, but it's like literally like, and I don't want to get too graphic, but like, please. You like, have to go. You, this with, is like, a graphic <laughs> show. <laughs> you get extremely. You know, like when your colon is trembling, trying to hold it in. <laughs> Do I know? That happens, and I, I'd, I'd say that happens with about a second's notice. So it's, it, yeah, I go from <laughs> you're zero to sixty. Yep, yeah. yeah, I've had that issue, and then two things happen to lead up to this horrible third night of my life. Uh, and the first thing was in college, uh, I was a drum major in the marching band at, at University of Florida, and. Uh, uh, Pretty cool. We took yeah. yeah it's, it was yeah, it wasn't. It's not cool. Yeah, it's kind of cool. <laughs> it's ten no. percent cooler in ho- college than it is in high school, but it's still not. But it was fun, and you know, we got to travel uh, to all the football games. It's a big SEC school, yeah. and we got per diem. And you know, we're on these charter buses. Um, and my best friend Bobby Horswood, who always sat next to me on the bus, uh, we had six buses because we traveled with the cheerleaders. So six giant, like decked out charter buses. Traveled with and, the cheerleaders. Yeah, there were two buses back. Uh, so like <laughs> just barely to, just smell to, their perfume yeah, yeah. and stuff like just to give you just enough to maybe masturbate just, to later exactly <laughs> just press our faces against yeah. the glass oh, boobs um, and uh and we so we stopped you know it was like usually there was like a twelve hour you know drive to wherever Louisiana or you know to play LSU or whatever it was and uh, and we stopped for lunch as we often did and everyone just goes to the bathroom does what they have to do you get back on the bus so we get back on the bus and it hits me like as soon as we get back on the bus. Just boom. And I look back. Of course, we had bathrooms on the bus, and that bathroom had been busted on the way there. And it was like, and I even thought, like, I I have to get in there, but it was taped over. Like, I had, like, like some kind of, like, (laughs) bus driver, plastic, don't even think about it, tape over it. So there was so, and then I even went and felt it, and the the door was locked. So I'm like, there's just, I can't, I can't do it. There's nowhere to go. It's like a crime scene. Yeah, it really was. And I looked over at Bobby, and Bobby, of course, knows my affliction of being my friend for so long, and he just kind of shakes his head. He's like, I gotta go, I gotta go. So what ended up happening was I had to run up to the bus driver. Oh, God. (laughs) And (laughs) six charter buses had to pull over (laughs) off the highway. We literally just got on the highway. And of course, he radios the other buses. It's like, we got to pull back off. So six charter buses. Did you have to hear them say why we have to? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they said, we got a guy that has to go to the bathroom. I wonder if it plays in the loudspeakers of the other buses. (laughs) They just announced it to the students. Everyone should know. So these six buses pull over all off the freeway. And then because they just had a stop, they're not going to pull in anywhere. So they just kind of pull to the side of this like three-lane road. And I and there's a gas station. So I get off and run to the gas station. So you have six charter buses, everyone oh watching God. through the window. As I run to this oh bathroom, and it was literally like, and I run, it was you had an audience, terrifying. you had an audience. It's like you the had worst, a sold out arena. The worst thing you could literally, you know, how like you watch Intervention, they're all like, "Oh, my parents got divorced," and you're like, "Oh, well, that's what that's what did it." That's yeah, yeah, yeah. I could literally feel that happening to me as I was running to the bathroom. Of this is what's going to do it. This will be a lifetime of this will never. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is this is the worst. Uh, Were you then, in the outfit? Uh, I no. picture you in the. We drum don't travel. Outfit. We don't travel. Yeah, I, I <laughs> marched. Yeah, I marched with the uh, <laughs> yeah. with the thing to the. Uh, so you no. go into the bathroom. So I go into the bathroom, do whatever you know, explode, and then I come back. And oh, I then the- I got to stop for a second. When you're in the bathroom, are you thinking to yourself, you know what? 
I just might not ever go back out again. Like you know, what, you know what's mind. waiting for you uh, behind at, uh, a bus beyond of those hundred of your friends. Like you're literally walking back onto and in the mouth of the five beast. other buses. Yeah. And but at least, they're cap- at least they're behind glass. At least I don't have to hear what they're going to say till the next stop. Oh That's true, God. but on the way to the bathroom, yeah. your back is to them, yeah. but on the way back, they I, see your face. I'm also crazy. imagining that the cheerleaders are like, you know what, guys? This weekend, let's just, let's fuck the drummers this weekend. <laughs> like, wouldn't that be just like... <laughs> this guy's the leader of the marching band, you guys. Yeah, let's He's just, just going to go somewhere. Yeah, let's just, let's just give it something for him. Like, because it's been so shitty for him, obviously. Walks out, he's like, just zipping up pants and be like, uh, no. Never mind. I'll go with the third string punter. It was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. And I think they applauded for me when I got back on the bus, oh. which is almost like the worst thing. And I think I would have rather just had them yell and throw stuff at me or whatever. But, uh, <laughs> so that happened. And that like, so everything is kind of like, there's these two things that happen to drive up to the third thing are kind of like going down the circles of hell. Like, uh, creating a worse and worse life for myself. The second thing was I was a writer on the show Grounded for Life, uh, Carsey Warner show, and I just I ate something and it was bad and uh, and I was on my way home and I was like two exits short of my house and it hit me and I decided all, all the way up till then in my life I'm like well maybe it's just my mind maybe my colon That's trembling I- is my colon's way of saying I got this. You know, that's your colon being like, we're fine down here, boss. Relax. I'm in vibration mode. Yeah. Nothing's going to happen. So I decided that night. This is sleep mode, bro. I was, it was at night, you know, like that show, like most shows work to like one in the morning. And I decided what's the worst that could happen. I'm going to push it. I'm not going to stop. And, you know, we lived in Glendale. I'm not going to stop one, you know, exit short of my house and go try to find a gas station. I'm just going to go. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. (laughs) And I drove home and I made it to my house and our house was up on a hill kind of like this one is and then before you get to the house there was a office my little office with its bathroom and I realized as I was going up those steps I wasn't going to make it to the house <laughs> so then I turn off and go for the office I get to the office door and then just boom just <laughs> shit. literally my hand was on the door and it, just, it was this weird feeling because I've always thought like it would be me releasing and just going oh I give up and it wasn't it was just my colon saying oh you want to go there let's go there and it yeah. was just it just came out there was no choice it just came out and started pouring down oh. and I went into this office oh. and uh, and my my wife was upstairs and I knew that and I it was, my pants were destroyed I had like these dockers on I remember oh. like nothing shows things. shit like dockers no exactly <laughs> And I remember, like, they were destroyed, and I went I went into the bathroom, and I'm like, and there was nothing, I, I had no way to get up to the house, because I had no pants now, and it was, an, you know, you're outdoors, yeah, there's yeah, still yeah. a whole other flight of stairs with neighbors all around and stuff, and so on my wall, kind of like this, I had a Afghan, like this cat Afghan that I had pinned up, because we were poor, you know, I was just a staff writer or whatever, so I ended up wrapping that around my waist, and just going up and going into the living room. <laughs> and my wife looks at me and I was just like, I shit my pants. Just, what else do you say? And she knows about your affliction. She knows. And she, I think I'm sure she kind of laughed it off. But the bigger issue was now it had gone another level down. Because now... You actually, your, your colon failed you. My colon failed of, me. So now the fear so gets the, even greater. Everything, this anxiety. I'd already had the anxiety of, oh my God, I could be on a bus. And now yeah. I have the anxiety of, oh, this is real. I could really shit myself. And from that day on... And there could be no warning, too. Just, no well, warning. warning in that your shit beat you. I you, roughly you, have... You didn't give up. Five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And, the, and the, if I don't ever make it within those five... And five minutes isn't very long. And, and your uh, colon showed you who's boss. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. My colon 
fucked me. It was yeah. really. It was. Or you terrible. fucked your. But it's you could say you you fucked your colon by not getting off that exit. I did. We, we weren't in harmony. We say that we say that on the show yeah. before. If you have a chance to take a shit, don't take get it. cocky. Just do you, it. You are not stronger than your colon, and you're you're you know like yeah. you take your chance. You take your shot when you have it. The ass always wins. The ass yeah, I always think, I think wins. It's a good. That's a good. Uh, that should be a bumper sticker. Yeah. It's, it's the truth. It's terrifying. It really truly is. And uh, there's certain things like my wife was like, "Oh, we should go on a hot air balloon ride." Nope. You know, oh my I god! Will never go yeah, on a hot air balloon. I won't go on Ridiculous. buses. I won't go on like boat trips that don't. You know, like when you're in the Caribbean, like, "Oh, we're all gonna go snorkeling and stuff." No, I'm not gonna go out there because I know <laughs> yeah. there's nowhere to go. So I kind of like live this very like streamlined life of not doing certain. things. <laughs> what's great is that you. What, what's What's amazing about this affliction is like you know you go to the Caribbean. It was like well not really. You're a rich guy. Uh, you've You've done really well. So you have all these opportunities to do great things. Right. But, but you don't because you have the shit. Like for me, I don't. It's a hotel. For me, you know, it's like oh you know how you like you know you'll rent a movie and like you know go to Boston Market. I can't do that because I don't know if I'm. <laughs> Exactly. You there, there's like great things out there that you can't do. The whole world do. is open. I have yeah. wild hogs money. I could do anything. Yeah. You've, and you've I can made do it. nothing. You can do everything, but you can yeah, exactly. I can't, everything that you've worked for, nothing. Nothing. I could nothing. just literally even here. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I guess their bathrooms over there. I'll be. I guess it's I'll behind. Be, I'll be, if you need. All right, yeah. good. So that leads to this this moment of my life where we're. I guess it's about six, seven years ago. Six years ago. I'm in Las Vegas with my wife and my best friend Bobby Horswood and his wife, the guy from Marching Band, because we all just do things together. Bobby uh, Horswood is just a best friend's name. It's such a great best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the best I'm best sorry. Is, I feel like Daniel. Uh, it feels Dan- made up. I feel like Daniel Stern should be narrating this interview. <laughs> Me and Bobby Horswood. Exactly. We're staying in Treasure Island, and uh, we go to this like terrible. It's like Margaret, not Margaritaville, but some other terrible restaurant with mm. like with. With a Mexican pelic- theme, you know, pelicans and things all around, and like macaw, like paper mache macaws. I don't know what it was. <laughs> yeah, and we have, because we're going to this Cirque du Soleil show, Mystere, which I think is still there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I ate something there, I, like some honey jack pepper wheat, uh, something, and it started. And luckily, we hadn't gone into the show, and it, and I'm just like running to the bathroom, I, and I go explode, come back. I've got like 20 minutes. Go explode, come back, and Bobby's laughing because he's like, "Oh man, this is this is you, this is who you are, or whatever." <laughs> Classic Copeland, baby. Oh, this is who we are, and so uh, and this it was. Is, you're running before now. Are people still in the restaurant? And you keep running from the restaurant. Keep running from the restaurant. Keep. Wow, they hit you really fast. Then it goes fast. It really does. That's but weirdly immediate. enough, like I was a little buzzed, and it was like, "Oh, it's fine." You know, this is just who I am, and a lot of times it is. I'm like, "Okay, well, I have the shits, and I'm going to run, and, and this is who I am." So we go into the Cirque du Soleil show. And even that, like I go take one final minor explosion before the show starts. Oh. But I know it's Cirque du Soleil. I can run out anytime. Sure. I can do it, you know. And uh, so we're all sitting there. And I make it to intermission and uh, run away on intermission. Oh, so you had to shit for, for Yeah. The- well, it hadn't hit me too hard. But I knew it was like you could feel it kind of swirling. But it hadn't yeah. hit, you know, that edge. And uh and it hit it right about intermission, and we ran out, and I'm like, this is great. So got through Perfect intermission. Timing. Perfect yeah, timing. Great. Bobby's still kind of having fun or whatever and making fun of me, and I'm like, oh, whatever, dude. Who cares? Uh, and then we go back in for the second half, and this this clown, you know, have you guys been to Cirque du Soleil? <laughs> yeah. So the clown comes out. There's something, you know, someone stands on someone's head and does whatever, and then this clown <laughs> comes out, and the, it's going to be an audience rea- interaction thing, and the spotlight starts swirling around. And Bobby looks at me. He's like, "Oh man, what if they pick you?" 
uh, knowing that I'm going through this still, you know? Oh, my God. And just as he says that, the spotlight lands on me. <laughs> it was like a joke. And I couldn't believe it. I was this is literally like, this is cannot, this isn't real. This couldn't be happening. It's the and only thing bigger than six buses. Only thing. 20,000 people, whatever it is, crammed in this little space. Uh, and it hit, the spotlight hits me and he just kind of, I thought he would laugh, but he was, his eyes were just wide. And you knew like that in that moment, like he was a real friend because he knew Oh no, now this is serious. The clown comes up <laughs> and kind of like grabs my wrist. And even at this point, I was still thinking, I can not go, you know, I can just say no. And I did. And he spoke, said something in French. And I was like, and I kind of looked at him, made eye contact. And I was like, no, I, I really, no, I cannot go. And I was trying to like sit really stiff, like maybe he thought my legs were bad or something. Yeah. And he, I, I guess with French clowns, it's like a point of pride yeah. that you're not, people French don't. French clowns don't take no for an no, answer. Everyone they knows don't. that. Everyone knows that. Yeah, Maybe if they do, do not they go, go on a date with a French clown if no. you don't want to have sex with that right, clown. Yeah, yeah. They're rapists. Yeah. They're all, they're really, they, yeah. yeah. Audience rapists. Essentially, you're being raped right now. You're like, you're trying to pretend that you're a paraplegic and he's still pulling me. He's still pulling me. <laughs> and he literally kind of yanks me out of my seat. And then the crowd's like, oh, and they're all applauding. Oh my God. And he's yanked me out of my seat. And I could kind of look back and I see Erica. She's scared my wife. And everyone just knows because they know I have the shits. You know, I have diarrhea. And uh, <laughs> and he pulls oh me onto stage. And I started thinking like, I, well, okay, you know what? I'm going to do, he's going to do something. He's going to put like an arrow thing in my head or whatever yeah. it is. Um, so he does this dance and I won't get up, but it, it's kind of like his feet go like left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right. Like a jig almost Yeah, or like something. a jig. And then he points to me. And everyone laughs. Oh, oh you have to oh, I have to do this God. dance. And at this which is moment, spreading your butthole. Which too. is spreading my and butthole. And, and jumping. <laughs> it's like going back to my calling and saying, you know, let's do this. Let's yeah. let's 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 rumble. Let's dance. Yeah, let's, let's dance. Because <laughs> at that moment I didn't have to go. At that moment, I was kind of in uh, like at least a little bit of an impact zone where I was like, I'm okay, I'm okay. Now I'm gonna dance. You have to do it. You're on stage, and I can't just like I thought. I like, went through all these oh things in my, my head gosh. of like, do I run? Do I just if, if I, if I get, <laughs> it really was? I was like, if I can get to the casino, the casino's crowded. They won't like this French clown's gonna be chasing me down through the casino. This like, is the born identity. Yeah, it really is uh, the born identity of shit. Uh, and so I do the little dance, and I'm still kind of okay. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get through this. I'm gonna get through this. And I'm like going through my head of like, how long do these intermit these moments take? It's gonna yeah. be like five minutes or whatever. So. Behind me, this box comes out. Like, on you know how they rotate on the stage or whatever? Yeah. A box. Like, I'd say three feet by four foot, like a treasure chest. And he opens up the treasure chest, got like a big padlock, and it's empty. It just has like a little bench in it. And he points in. And I realize I'm supposed to get in this box. He's going to lock me in this box. <laughs> <laughs> With the shit. In front of this audience. This is the fucking clown from hell. It's crazy. I couldn't, you couldn't have scripted a more terror. And it really was just, I thought I was going to have a heart attack on the stage. And I didn't want to get in the box. And he kind of puts his hand on my shoulder. I can feel him. He's a strong clown. He's going to push me down. He's a strong clown. The clown was strong. The clown was strong. And so I, I get in this box. Oh my God. And I'm in this little box. God. And then boom, the top closes. And you hear the padlock go. And I kind of look around. And it's not dark in there. I look around. And I realize the back is bars. So it's like a complete wooden box, but the back is like a, a tiger cage. The com complete back is cut out, but big steel bars. You're not going anywhere. Uh, and I didn't quite understand what it was, and I knew that the audience couldn't see that part of the box. They could, so to the audience, I was only, you know, I was in the box. And uh, <laughs> well, I'm like, oh, that's just for my own safety, though I was anything but safe at that point. 
And then I hear like them fiddling with something. I hear another clown come out and argue and with like a chainsaw and the other <laughs> clown tackles them. And then I realize oh what the, the joke is, they can't get this box open. That's what this joke is, that one clown has forgotten the key and I'm locked in there and the audience is laughing. And as I'm sitting there, my stomach starts going. And I, and I also had on tan pants. It starts happening. And at this point, I don't know because this is so crazy. you know how like if you have diarrhea a lot, your your anus kind of gets like raw. Huh? So now I don't know if it's gas in me or shit. And yeah. I can't tell mm-hmm, because sure. it's such a sharp, raw edge that it's hitting that I just need to release it. And uh oh and God. I'm locked in a box in front of I I'd say fifteen thousand people on a stage. I go through all of the motions of what is this gonna do to me? Because I even thought like as bad as I've had it in the past. Like I could see a therapist telling me, hey, if you have to shit, it's not the end of the life. It's not like you're on a stage in front of 15,000 people. <laughs> hey, <laughs> there I am. On a stage in front yeah. of 15,000 people. And I know that like when the they, box is locked. The box is locked. <laughs> and I'm going to shit myself. And I'm even in this p- seated position. So I know if I shit myself, it's going to go in the box. It's going to be all over my pants. And there's spotlights all on me. So when this thing comes out, I'm going to rise out of this box. <laughs> With shit. Covered in shit. Covered in shit. Eventually, the treasure chest starts to rotate. And I realize what's happening is they're going to show me to the crowd. Through the the bars. Through the bars. Through the bars. So I know this has got to be the end of the bit. And as this thing is going by really slowly, I'm like, just don't, I'm so close. I'm so close. Just don't shit yourself while they're watching. Just don't shit their, you know. And as I go through, uh, the cloud, the crowd's all like laughing and pointing at me or whatever, and I don't realize what's happening. And as it gets to where Bobby and my wife are sitting, the clown is like set up like a candlelight dinner or whatever with my wife, and that was like the joke was like, "Oh, I'm locked him. in the box for ten minutes, having the worst <laughs> night of my life," and he's <laughs> doing a joke with my wife. All during this, the clown was like, "It's just be a minute, just be a minute." And, you know, they keep coming like trying, yeah. and so they they take me, and the box kind of rotates to the back of the stage, and the joke is over. And I can hear like the music starting for the next sequence. And they open the box, and I get up, and they kind of hold their arm out like your seat's back that way. And I just dash behind them to the backstage <laughs> area. Because I, at this point, you go I have backstage? to get to the bathroom. I have to get to a bathroom. I know I'm not going to make it. Oh, my God. it's a long way. <laughs> it's a long way back to my wife. Does the crowd erupt? No, they can't because I'm in the back. They don't know what's going on, and they don't really – I don't think they fully know. Because <laughs> it's like something's already happening on the front. Like some big ball has been rolled out. So oh my god! I think they just assume. Oh, they told him to go backstage, or maybe whatever it was. I just bolted because I'm like, I know, you know, when you get in the hallways of any office building, you know, if you yeah. walk long enough, you're going to see the little man sign on the door or whatever. But searches to lay backstages are like trap doors and crazy. shit. Crazy. I mean, crazy. Well, and there's no tra- freakish people walking. You know what it like was? A- it was all a bunch of. It was like all a bunch of half dressed people with feathers and like, like women. Who is this and guy? Yeah, and I'm r- kind of running past them or walking very briskly because I don't want to squeeze it out of me. And they're all looking at me, and I can hear them all talking French. And I remember thinking, like, oh, you guys are all really French. I didn't know you guys were really French. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you were thinking. I can remember, like, "Eh, you know what? They are French. Yeah, as my my, my sphincter puckering. uh, But I just bolt past all of them, and I just realize I'm in that mode where, like, just try and tackle me. Just try and tackle me. I'm going to make it. And I do find a bathroom, and I go into the bathroom, and I just run into the stall, and I just sit, and it's just, just a long, wet, Scary diarrhea fart. Yeah. Uh, and I still sat in there. I still sat in there for like 
I'd say five solid minutes. Just sure. knowing, like, I'm here, I'm safe. Well, where are you going to go, too? You're not going to go back to your seat through the backstage. Well, I guess I was trying to figure out, like, do I just wind through backstage? And I, I, I wasn't sure. And when I got out of the bathroom, there was a guy waiting there. Like, they had seen that this tourist had darted back through their backstage. <laughs> yeah. And I guess they had put it together. Um, so he led led me back to my seat, and there's Bobby just crying. Laughing, just couldn't believe that <gasps> I had gone through this. Oh my fucking <laughs> just been god! Locked in a box. Yeah, locked in a box, and it, ever since then, I, I mean, I'm just so beyond panicked. Of just, it's just terrifying. It's it, oh. you, it is the nightmare. It's it's the nightmare of like you're in front of the whole school, pants down. Like the, it, yep. this is the this is the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I can't. I'm sweating right now, like yeah. a lot. And I think if I would have lost it in the box, if I would have like just given up. I don't think I would be here. I think I would literally be, it would be such a shameful moment in my life that I would just not be able to tell people. It would just be, I can't even imagine what that would feel like. Would the clowns, <laughs> would the clowns, <laughs> would the clowns make clowns a thing do? out of it? Or would they would, they, ooh, ooh, they would like would put they, their yeah, fingers yeah, on their That would be a real test stinky, for them. Yeah. That would yeah. be like a test of, are you the greatest? And that would be a story they would tell someday of like, yeah. here's how I clowned my way out of this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the guy that shit himself in yeah. the box. They don't ask you, are you claustrophobic? No, they don't. <laughs> you know, they, like you could have a serious panic attack. I'm pretty attack. sure they speak English, but they sure don't act like they do. I mean, they really, when I was trying to kind of make my panic, you know, no, I don't feel it. I was, I was like, a, a, a slur of things was coming out of me. And they were like, no, she doesn't want it. But what would it? You know, yeah, they were doing. It also, yeah. yeah they're but you, yeah, you know, yeah. when they're walking home, like, yeah, this guy. Yeah. yeah. Smoking cigars. Yeah. 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 Eating meatballs. <laughs> Eating non So this fucking guy. <laughs> this fucking, I'm so I'm clowning this guy. Yeah. yeah. So it's a, it's, a reg, it's a regular clown session. You know, I'm picking this guy, this average schmo, and he's saying no to me. This is too good. Yeah. He's too good to go on the stage. Yeah. You, oh, you're not going to. Dude, I've been clowning since you were in short pants, my friend. You're not getting in my box? You're going in the box. And I'm going to put my arm around your wife. <laughs> um, that is such an incredible story. Holy I'm I'm shit. like, just I'm now just unclenching my butthole. <laughs> is there anything we can promote for you? I mean, you're... Uh, just directed a movie, but it hasn't... Uh, it's an indie movie, so it'll be out. What's it called? It's called Coffee Town. Oh, uh, Ben Schwartz is in that. Ben Schwartz is in it. Good and, friend of uh, ours as well. Glenn Howerton off of Sunny Philadelphia. Yeah. And uh, Steve Little from Eastbound and Down. Great. And Josh Groban and Jake Johnson, a lot of really funny people. Great. And uh, we just wrapped it, just tested it, and it did really, really great. And awesome. So now we have to put it out in theaters somewhere. That's, that's awesome. Watch the Inbetweeners on Monday nights. There's my plug. There you go. Inbetweeners on Monday nights on MTV. 1030. Uh, Brad, thanks for coming on. It's a pleasure, guys. All right. Thank you. Right. Well, that was uh, that was Brad Copeland. I, I just imagine the gods smoking pot and eating popcorn and being like, "Let's just fuck with this one guy tonight," because it is that bad. And the devil's probably up there too. It does make you think about faith. Yeah, it does. It does. It does. The odds of that are too. The odds of that are too crazy. They're really crazy. How does he go to any shows now? How does he do anything? I don't think he does. He's, yeah. a, he's living in he still wear, He still wears khakis, though. If someone told me I could wear Zumba pants and I'd have a bet, <laughs> and that would be my best defense against shooting my pants, I'd wear them. So, I don't, I, you know, I'd wear a fucking tutu if I thought that that would be somehow ward off the shit gods. Anyway, that was Brad Copeland. Thanks for listening to the show. Keep calling me on the shit hotline at 786-HOLD-IT-N. That's the letter N, as in never going to a Cirque du Soleil show, ever. Um... <laughs> Uh, email me at dutycalls with dougman at gmail.com. 
Tweet at me at the Doug Man. Tweet at Jack Dolgen at Jack Dolgen. Leave reviews for the show. Tell your friends about it. Rate it on iTunes. All these things really help get the word out. And until next time, guys, hold it in. You're in a box, but you're going to make it.